It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. Happy holidays, lacrosse fans. Welcome back to Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for another class, if you will, lacrosse classified episode 111 about to come your way here. Just uh, days before Jolly St. Nick makes his way down the chimney for some presents and good tidings for the kids. Uh, Jake Kelly, Brad Challoner, back with you here for EP 111 and another good one lined up for you this week uh, as we record again here on a Sunday. Brad Challoner, how are you? Let's uh, let the fans know what's up here in store for episode 111. Calls to the hall, something else, quick sticks, uh, of course, and our Stampede Stallion, but we got to... We got a real cool before we kind of get into our little chit chat here, but we got a real cool guest lined up for for EP 111 here as Johnny Gypsy Meridian, 2000 what eight Hall of Fame inductee, well one of the Hall of Fames he's in uh, for Johnny Meridian. But uh, looking forward to this chat as uh, we'll welcome you in here. How's it going? Happy holidays. Good to see you uh, yesterday out there in the yeah, flatlands. In, in the flesh for the first time since we what we did the coquitlam crunch back in the summertime that was like in july or august in the in the dead heat of ah, of yeah. summer but yeah jumbo, that day if i recall yeah jumbo swung by and dropped off uh dropped off a t-shirt and said hello to the family and made six it feet apart of course the, uh kind of knocked on the door and then hit the reverse button backed up away uh, as crystal greeted first, me must have been your first time out this way in a in forever yeah, yeah, no, I hadn't uh, been out there to to Logan Chess Country in a long, long time. Uh, but uh, it was the first time I swung by your place, nice little neighborhood and uh, town home that uh, you've purchased out there. Good to see Crystal and and, and the kids, of course. And uh, you're one like you're like one day. Well, you're probably free now as people are listening to this podcast. But that the quarantine is over, the Chandler or the Challoner clan is is free to leave the <laughs> Get abode. Get me the hell out of here! Yeah. No, we're recording here Sunday night, and our, my family is allowed out as of tomorrow morning, Monday morning. So it's been two weeks of um, – actually, a little less than two weeks. I think it's 10 days all in, but it's felt like a freaking eternity. Yeah, it's been, like, um, tough. Like, you've – and you've stuck with it. Like, nobody's left. Like, people are dropping no, stuff have, off I've, went, I've only left the house to do two COVID tests, uh, both negative. Same thing with the, with the wife and the kids. Everyone's negative. My dad is is healthy now, but he still hasn't left the house. He's going to – keep himself at home until Christmas time. Cause if we're all locked down until uh, the next couple of days, then we can actually spend Christmas together. Yeah. We, uh, we haven't seen anybody. We've all been locked up. So yeah, we've been strict quarantine for, for two weeks as of per the guidelines here of being exposed to someone who has had, a confirmed case of COVID-19 and it's been, it's been a long two weeks. Man. Yeah, that's tough, man. I tell you, well, like, good I'm for you to, for, to... for getting through yeah, that. Got to keep it safe, you know, keep the, keep the kids safe and keep everybody else safe. That's what it's about. It's about people not going out and, and potentially spreading this thing around. Yeah. You know, it's not about, it's, it's yeah, so. it's not about even you or me getting it. It's about 
us giving it to somebody that yeah, can't I don't want to be responsible it. for giving it to someone else who's going to get right sick because they're immune compromised yeah. or they're older. Or they're well, I'll tell you, we we moved my dad out of out of his care home, who's in the midst of a breakout right now, and and uh, latest results coming back for him were on on Friday, and and thankfully still negative. But uh, my sister's gone under a huge undertaking. Birthday yesterday for my sis, so I got to get a quick shout out for her. But uh, he, you know, rented all the the beds and the lifts and the everything that he could possibly need, and a couple of day nurses as well. And we got him out of there in time. And uh, he, I tell you, he's <laughs> he could not be more happy to be out of there. Like he was kind of pulling at the door handle, waiting for the the shuttle to come. And you're just standing on the other side of the glass, going like, "You just just wait, like it's coming," you know, like. You can just see how badly, and now, uh, you know, he wasn't eating great, and now he's, like, cleaning up full plates of food and stuff, so uh, warms my heart to know that he's in in a safe place and, and uh, around family for the holidays and, and eating and all the rest of it and, and uh, out of that place, which is a little out of control right now, so that's good news there. Um, I don't know if we really got good news kind of over – the last week or so, the NHL, Brad, looking at things here, is is going to make a go of it. They've hammered out a 56-game schedule. It looks like there'll be no fans in the building, which leads me to, to believe here that the NLL season could potentially be in jeopardy once again here, Brad, because we know the NLL is, is a gate-driven league. They need the revenue of fans to make that go, and... I don't know if they're going to be allowed fans there. I mean, I would hope four and a half months from now, the vaccines that are coming out, like there's vaccines out now, but there's going to be more vaccines available in the coming weeks and months. How quickly they can get those vaccines out across North America to the point where fans of some sort are allowed in all buildings, in all provinces, in all states, and the border becomes open for travel as well without a quarantine period being needed. I'm hoping in the next four and a half months that becomes a, a possibility or a reality. I don't know if it will. I hope it will. But if it doesn't, then we could be looking a lot longer than than April. Your and thoughts? As you said, it's a it's a well, it's disappointing, man. It, it's a fan driven league, and which is nothing wrong with that, right? Like that's a no, good. No, but thing. I don't see how it can go unless you get and I'll make a point on this in a sec but like unless there is a made like the nhl can do it because well they've got financial legs to stand on to begin with T- and, massive tv and they've got deal. a massive tv and partnership and sponsorship deals that can keep them afloat and the viewership is going to be outrageous kind of like what we saw with the pll last summer if yeah. you have corporate sponsors and a good broadcast um you can you can make it happen but unless the nll that we don't know of is working on some big national television deal with major corporate sponsorships i don't see that I don't, I don't see that And then happening. you're still and looking at a bubble happen, scenario, right? If you, yeah, if, if you get thing, that, and I don't know if that's even possible. No, and we, we had heard this week that, you know, that there was some kind of tweets going on semi-viral that Toronto Rock were at the track, and they were putting in turf on the second yeah. facility there, like NLL-sized turf. Remember, he started buzzing about potential rumors of, of a bubble happening in Toronto. Well, we do, through a diff, couple different sources, have a bit of confirmation that that did go to the NLL board has a potential scenario happening in Toronto at the track and the governor shot it down recently. So there will not be a bubble scenario. They're still looking at going all out in April, as you talked about. And, you know, thinking about that a little bit more, like it makes, 
it makes sense because unless you're doing a bubble, like I said, with a major television partner and sponsorships and a big broadcast deal, there's not really anything in it for any of the. the no, other it's going to be a massive money loss. Going right? the league. Exactly. You got to put 20, you got to put 20 players and coaches and staff in a hotel, feed them and live them and keep them there for, for like a month, two or three weeks. Yeah, because yeah, you have to have to quarantine beforehand too, right? So even if it was a 20-day bubble of games or a 12-day bubble of games, you still got to be there two weeks in advance. You got to bring the American players up if they're even allowed to do that. So it's a it's a tough scenario, but it's just like I, I don't know what's going to happen if momentum is lost by losing another season. Like how are oh. they going to keep this ball, this snowball building and drum up excitement? Yeah, you can talk about Fort Worth. They can announce another expansion team if that's going to get interest going. We're trying to roll out the Hall of Fame. We were expecting some news on that in December, hence why we're doing this whole calls to the Hall series. But I just fear that if they don't get something going, that momentum is going to start slowly, slowly tapering off. And how do you drum that back up and bring it back when the time is right? Well, I think you you mentioned a few things in there, Brad, that will help keep that momentum moving forward. That is, like you just said, announcing another expansion team, which we believe will be in Las Vegas. We just don't know where and, and with who quite yet. Um, the addition of Fort Worth, like if they have to push the season through the summer into the fall and maybe they start like october november maybe they start a little bit earlier than they normally do so they don't have to go as long like a december or a january start like they were planning on um which would cut a a few months off and and largely led to believe that vaccines will be readily available for everybody by next fall so that also kind of opens up the window for Canadian summer lacrosse to take place if that's possible get these guys kind of back in game shape it allows the PLL which we'll talk about later to have their runway get there and then just kind of follow up on the heels of that and of course there'll be another entry draft there'll be an expansion draft in there as well um, and then you got the new franchise uh, can sport- there be another entry draft though can there be another entry draft if there hasn't been college or summer lacrosse like who, think, who are you who are you drafting well i don't like i mean i don't, I don't think those players like i don't think they're going to get another year of eligibility so there's going to be there's going to be players well, to be drafted be questions, man. Now, there's yeah questions, there's a lot man. to figure out and and that's part of the reason that you just can't go like okay we're playing there's so many things that you need to figure out uh in order to to get a season off the ground but if, if it gets back to the point where they have to get in a regular cycle again of of a season beginning, and, and if that's in the fall, then I think it's going to be tough, right? But I, I also think there's enough things there to keep people's appetites wet. And, and who knows? Like, maybe that drives the appetite even stronger by the time that it comes back. People are just going to be salivating. Yeah, salivating. I'll be one of them. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that much. So... Again, we with need the, some games though. We need some games. Yeah. I don't know if it's if we it's do for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we do for sure. So we'll just know, I mean like, it's a wait yeah. and see. It's a wait and see. And with the NHL rolling out and it looks to be no fans, you just hope in the next four or four and a half months here the world changes enough where the NLL can comfortably get fans in buildings and, and people traveling about and, and on onto teams and, and get some a semblance of I don't know what their drop dead end game date is as far as like we can start a season at this time and and finish and then still start next year like i don't know when or how many games or what that schedule looks like so 
April is still the target date, and and we'll just have to kind of wait and see how it goes from there. Fingers crossed. Fingers right. crossed. Stay, stay home, stay safe, wear your damn mask, God. and let's yeah. try to get ahead of it. Like that's the, yeah. that's the only thing we can do right now. It's it, it is what it is. We're at the mercy of 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 you of, of you listening to to follow the rules and to and to respect your your local health authorities and and try to get ahead of this. And we've probably been saying this thing. Same thing in a, in a couple of different ways and tones since we started doing this together back in well, September. Almost every week. It's still, the, still the same message, man. It's still the exact same message. Yeah, it is. Wash your hands, stay away from people, and all the rest of it. Uh, so good uh, good discussion there and, and, and something to, to kind of keep your eyes and ears on as the weeks and, and months move along here. It's, it's really – you know, kind of follow the NHL and NBA and, and what's happening there, and you're going to get a good indication of what the NLL is, is going to do as well. Uh, speaking of the NLL, something we also like to do here in quarter number one, Brad Challoner, is our Stampede Stallion of the Week. And, and just like uh, I stopped by your place, I managed to get past Stampede Tack and Western Wear over the weekend. Uh, the big boss was actually in the shop, which was great, so I had a chance to catch up with Kevin. I will tell you, they're, they're running short on Blundstone boots there at Stampede Tack. Uh, not only because they're flying off the shelf, but uh, some supply chain uh hang-ups coming from from down under to i mean just like every other business i suppose uh, things have been scaled back so if you're if you're looking for last minute gifts and, and blundstones are on your list get into stampede tack before it is too late and uh, hopefully they still got your size in stock and if you do that you're surely going to spend over a hundred bucks so you get uh, you get free shipping if you're shopping online at stampede.ca where shopping online is still shopping local or out there in Cloverdale since 1967. Uh, good to see Kevin and uh, back on board for 2021, which I'm pumped about. And I know he's excited about as well. Uh, I know my, my buddy Lance Hofseth was out there over the weekend. And he's like, he's like, hey, Lax Glass, I'm a Lax Glass listener. And next thing you know, he's getting hooked up with, uh, with discounts and, and all the rest of it. So I'm just saying, like... Perfect. If you're going out there and, and you drop a little Lax Class uh, podcast, a little, I'm a listener, you, you might get a little little bonus in your stocking, if you know what I'm saying, when you head out there to Stampy Talk in Western Wear. Uh, my pick this week, Brad Challoner, for our Stallion of the Week. And I am going with one Paul Dawson. Paul Dawson, uh, captain of the Rochester Nighthawks as we speak, but... You know, Brother Dan obviously gets most of the headlines and the attention when it when it comes to the Dawson family, but Paul Dawson, who was originally drafted in the first round as the seventh overall pick as a goaltender, as a goaltender, Brad Challoner, has carved himself out quite a career spanning back uh, beginning in 2007 and still going strong is the 34-year-old from Etobicoke. Um, this is a low-maintenance guy that goes about his business and just does his job. And and I will say this for Paul Dawson, like, doesn't need to answer the bell not nearly as much as he did in his younger days, but this is a guy that has fought all the best, like the best of the best, Suter, Smith, he really has. Snyder. He's one of the, one of, yeah, he's one of the heavyweight champions oh. of the last – 
two decades essentially and when you did the when we did the bracket throughout the summer of the greatest lacrosse fighter of all time like he where did he finish he was, uh, he was up there he finally elite eight final I mean, eight yeah. final eight i think and an interesting quirk too i think drafted by the guy coming up here in a couple of yeah, minutes from Johnny yeah, good one. In, in san jose so didn't even think about, about that, that didn't even think about that yeah, you're right. Always has flown under the radar. Always been solid. He's not a stat sheet defender. You know, cause turnovers and loose balls and, and definitely goals and assists are never been a huge part of yeah. his game. But About 14 points is high water mark. Five goals, nine assists with Philly. And even when you scroll back on his pims, like for a guy who fights as much as he does, he only averages like 30 penalty minutes a season. And most of those pretty, are fighting incredible too. Exactly. They're yeah. all coming from fighting. So he's he's about as tough as they come, even when he's not fighting. Just like his aggression on the back end, his his cross checks and his and his and staying on your hands and his positional play. Like he's a great weapon in any defensive system that he's been in. He's been in some great ones. And he has flown under the radar because of who his brother is, I think. But if you talk about some of the best defenders in the league over the last couple decades, his his name gets thrown around for sure. And yeah, you might not get the flashy headlines. So I, I like this pick as a stallion. He does it does sort of fit fit the criteria for sure. Nice to see him at the tail end of his career here, uh, captaining an expansion team, which not everybody gets to do. That's kind of Brody Merrill territory right there. Yeah. And he got to do that with the Rochester Nighthawks. So kudos to him to to cap off later end of his career too, getting a couple of team Canada opportunities that wasn't happening in his early days, but he really drafted as a goaltender defender. Drafted as a goaltender. San Jose, Boston, Philadelphia, good stretch with Rochester finished up the year with the San Diego seals. Now with Rochester for the last two years. Uh, and I bet you like the one, I bet you like Dan, he would speak the highest of Paul when uh, I think he knows like where, you know, when it comes to, to it, who would, who would win uh, if, if they both dropped the gloves, but Dan's got nothing but praise for, for brother Paul. And, and so do we. So welcome to the stable, Paul Dawson. You were this week's stampede stallion of the week. Uh, and like Brad just mentioned, the man who drafted him back in 07, Johnny Gypsy Meridian will join us next here on Lacrosse Classified. EP 111 right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Back right after this. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is NL Hall of Famer, Pat O'Toole. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Uh, class number 111 into the second quarter we go here. And not before I tell you about uh, the Vancouver Warriors, Brad Schellner. Actually, uh, as I did with you and, and Stampede, made a little stop by uh, the GM's place, dropped off a little something on his doorstep as well. And speaking of the GM, Dan Richardson of the Vancouver Warriors will be on hand for the Warriors Academy for the first couple of weeks, giving some tutelage to the youngsters there taking part along 
with Riley Lowen, Mitch Jones, Matt Beers, of course, head coach Chris Gill, and Eric Penny, who will be leading the Warriors goalie camp. This is all going down at the Langley Event Center and begin the week of January the 19th. And pricing on this, I don't know if you're going to get a better bargain, really. $349 plus GST, groups of 10 or more, or Academy members or season ticket holders, $299 plus GST. This is going to be a fantastic experience. Still time to get this under the tree before Christmas, uh, beginning January 19th. All the details uh, under the Warriors Academy tab at VancouverWarriors.com, or you can find them on Twitter, Instagram, at NLL Warriors. Uh, it's going to be an exciting time for the kids here beginning in January out there at the Fieldhouse with the GM and the rest of the boys. Speaking of GMs, we got one on the line now as we continue our calls to the hall here. And I did not know this uh, before we booked this guest, but the most winningest GM in NLL history with five championships in Johnny Gypsy Meridian. I got your bio here in front of me, Johnny. I I could spend a long time going Why don't you just through... read it for the next 45 minutes of the <laughs> yeah, podcast? But just, just to give you an idea, talk about a Hall of Famer. This is just the Hall of Fames that he's in. Okay, here, folks. Ontario Lacrosse Hall of Fame, Ithaca College Hall of Fame, Canadian National Team, uh, World Championships in England uh, under the team category. You're in the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame. You're in the NLL Hall of Fame. You're in the Ontario Sports Hall of Fame, the St. Catharines Hall of Fame. Johnny Meridian on the program here. Uh, welcome, Johnny uh, Gypsy. I, I'm so excited to have you. I, it's been a long time since we've crossed paths. I know you're you're hanging out uh, with your wife down in Florida these days. How's it going, man? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for doing this. Oh, you're you're welcome. It's it's my my pleasure. Um, I love the NLL and a lot of great memories. And I'm sure we're going to talk about some uh, th- this evening. But uh, yeah, my wife and I relocated from Philly four years ago. And uh, I've been coming down to this area in Florida for a number of years. A buddy of mine bought a place back in 1990. And then I was doing some stuff at IMG Academy over the years. And, you know, we just sort of got tired of, you know, the cold and we said, let's just do it, you know, and uh, we made up our mind really quickly. And uh, it, it was a, a good decision. We're really enjoying it every Canadian's dream down there. What is your connection to, to the sport right now at this, at this stage in your life, Johnny? Well, you know, it, uh, I was doing a lot of box stuff, stuff up in Philly, um, some programs and ran the junior wings for a number of years, uh, before, you know, the new ownership group, uh, took it. Uh, so, uh, I always tell everybody that, um, I've worked my way up to the head middle school coach, at ODA Academy, which is a private school. I started coaching their middle school team last January. Obviously it was cut short uh, because of the, the pandemic, but you know, um, we were three and oh, and that was a good thing we finished. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've been up there helping them through the COVID substitute teaching, uh, filling in for teachers and, and really enjoying it. You know, Some of these kids are just starting to play in grade six in grade seven. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. And I'm doing a little, some, some box programs 
uh, and uh, helping anybody that needs, you know, help some help down here. Yeah, well, you got uh, you got the old Philadelphia wing, Tommy Marichek, who we, we had on uh, for our calls to the hall as well, down there with the ING Academy in, in Florida. So that'd uh, be a nice little relationship there. And for people that don't know, you you were a, an educator by trade uh, first first kind of that was that's your career i didn't know that about you uh, uh, either what what drew you into the the teaching profession well you know to be honest with you i didn't really have a very good um you know school experience when i was in high school and had trouble just sort of like uh, maneuvering through the education system and i got uh, out of school for a little bit and then a good family friend, Bobby Alloyan, uh, who was from our hometown and from our church. He was teaching uh, at the high school where I was, where I went, Lakeport High School. Matter of fact, that's where Neil Peart went. Neil Peart was in my grade 10 geography class. Drummer of just Rush little, for people just, who uh, younger listeners. <laughs> You're talking to a big music guy here, Johnny, big music director guy here. So he knows. Uh, yeah, he, he would know. Yeah, God bless Neil. He was fantastic. And then, you know, uh, Bobby Alloyan went to Ithaca College. He played uh, football, uh, hockey, and baseball. And he was a three, and he came back and was a physical education teacher. And he said, listen, you just got to get somewhere. And he made the connection and I very fortunate to go down there, but I had to go to a community college first for two years to get my grades up because mm. my high school grades, I couldn't get into, you know, anywhere. <laughs> Plus that was when they had grade 13 ah. in, in Ontario. Um, and I went to community college and really focused. And then I went there and became, uh, became a teacher. Yeah. And, and really teaching and coaching very similar kind of professions. Uh, you have to manage personalities and, and teach and, and, uh, kind of educate in, in both disciplines as we speak with Johnny Meridian here. And before, uh, we, we get into your NLL stuff, Johnny, uh, originally from St. Catharines, which is of course, we know a, a pretty big hotbed of lacrosse, but, uh, how did, how did you find the sport or how did the sport find you, uh, as far as being a young kid and, and, and playing lacrosse? Uh, you know, where we grew up in St. Catharines, uh, we grew up in the Armenian section of town, which was right beside General Motors. A lot of our parents worked at General Motors and there was an outdoor box as part of the community. And that's where the uh, junior A team played at the time. And that's where um, guys like Doug Favell played lacrosse, Jerry Cheevers, you know, a lot of guys grew up in that area in our in St. Catharines and played out of the Hague Bowl, which was the outdoor bowl. And we just, you know, it was in our neighborhood and we just gravitated to that. Mm -hmm. And that, that was where we started to play. And we'd watch the junior A games. And then I was a water boy, believe it or not, for the junior A team at the time. Peter Conradi ran the team. And that was when the Gales were winning all their minnow cups. Right. And so I was the guy that used to in between periods because balls were a premium. I used to have to take the dirty lacrosse balls from the referee and <laughs> rub them all up with, with a brush and, you know, Comet cleanser, oh, and yeah. get them all ready. So, uh, yeah, so that, that's how I really fell in love with, and I got to travel with the junior A team. So that's when I fell in love with the sport and thank heavens. It gave me a very good path. Um, and very, very blessed to have fell in love with the game. Now, I was a hockey goalie as well. Okay. At, at Ithaca College, I was a hockey goalie and, uh, and a lacrosse player. 
So we, we talked to Mike French about this. I know you guys were close, but you know, when, before he went to Cornell, he didn't play field lacrosse because it just wasn't a huge thing in Canada at the time in the seventies. Was it the same for you before going to, to Ithaca? Yeah. I didn't even know what field was. I mean, I heard about it. Um, there was a field team that had come down to St. Catharines from Baltimore, come up to St. Catharines from Baltimore, the Spartan organization brought them down and then um, brought them up, I mean, but we didn't really know what we didn't know. And the only time I found out is when I, you know, went there to see the school and I'm going, wow, like that's a big goal. And the goalies are in there. And, you know, Mike was at, Mike was at Cornell at the same time I was at Ithaca. Ah. So uh, we always tell people, cause he's from Niagara on the Lake. I'm from St. Catharines. Right, we played on Team Canada together in 74 and 78. So we always tell people we went to different schools together because Cornell was on one hill and then Ithaca was on the other hill. Tell me about that 78 team, Johnny, winning the world championships in Manchester. That was quite the experience for you guys and, and quite the story winning that gold medal. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. Um you know, 74, I played on the team in Australia, and there was only two players that had experience field. One was Mike and myself. And, um, you know, Dave Locke was the coach. Doc you know, Locke, Dave. yeah. Yeah, he was the coach. And we had, geez, uh, we had like Will Fong, Jarrett. I mean, Skippy Chapman, God bless him, was playing goal, you know, in box style. Wow. And they were shooting over his head. And we had three field, we had three spliced long sticks i think we broke two in training camp in vancouver and then we didn't want to nobody wanted to play d because in box everybody played o and everybody played right. D. so this is all box guys that have no idea how to play field lacrosse and going up against a team that had never lost before at the, the world championships well that was in 74 okay so and then in 78 four years later it was a different story like we had everybody, we had eight guys that had field experience. Okay. Okay. So it took from 74 with two to then, you know, 78, you know, for eight. And then Bobby Allen just did a marvelous job putting the team together. And we lost 28 to four in the first round to the USA. Yeah. Now, notwithstanding that, Richie Moran was the head coach of the US team, and Mike obviously played for Cornell. So they go back a long time and they had a great lineup I mean, they had spectacular field players, but they didn't realize that the Canadians are used to playing four to seven series in game one. It doesn't matter what the score is. It could have been four, one, it could have been 28 to four reset, button. you know, it was, it was a reset button, but let's face it. There was a lot of luck. You know, it was muddy, you know. And you guys, but you guys changed up the strategy a whole bunch there. Like you play, you changed your style of game and, and really kind of yeah. threw them off guard, which was very similar to kind of what happened in Denver. And I want to say 2014, where Canada's always kind of been an up and down, run and gun, play box yeah. across in field. But they yeah. change, you guys changed it and they changed it and they actually played the, the possession discipline game and that's what got them over the top. Yeah. And, you know, we have, as you know, you know, our national team is full of players that have played high level field. Now all our coaches have graduated from, from U S colleges and are now coaching, you know, great programs in the USA. Big difference, but, big difference. You know, back, back to that 78 team, you know, after we won, we made, a, you know, 
in our drunken stupor, obviously, for about four days, we said, when we get back to Canada, we have to really start to try and promote field. That was what we did. Like Stan Cockerton, Bobby Allen, Donnie Barry, myself. And it was a struggle. The box guys back then, they didn't want to have anything to do with steel. And uh, huh. now, thank heavens, it's it's changed yeah. a, a, a lot. And there's room for both teams. So that yeah, was a sure. thrill of a lifetime. Changed my life. Shortly after that, right, it becomes the Gates is the next wave after that with guys that were inspired by those stories and, and Chris Hall coming back to Victoria and and spreading the seed there. But, you know, were, were they really the next wave of, of kicking that door open where guys could actually look, Canadian guys could look at someone having success at an American college and go, wait a second, maybe I can maybe I can do this, too. Well, it was that's a very interesting story. And Bobby Allen would be able to tell his version of it because he he was firsthand at it when we were trying when you had the tryouts for the 86 team in Toronto the year Bobby Allen was the head coach after 78 and 82 and 86 and we were Bobby was trying to arrange games in the USA and a lot of the programs didn't want to have anything to do with the Canadian team in all honesty it's totally different now but that was it and uh Roy Simmons was opened up his arms in Syracuse and we would go to Syracuse and, and practice and train and, and, and Paul and Gary came out to the uh, world tryouts. And I think it was 85 for the 86 world games that were in Toronto. They must be young. um, How did that mean? They were probably just teenagers. They they were teenagers. And Bobby Allen called um, uh, Roy Simmons and said, I got a couple of guys for you. (laughs) And, And that's really, and that's a true story and that's how the boys got there and and in hindsight we i think it was, it was their freshman year in 86 and they were going what they could have been playing you know yeah. for us Unreal. Uh, Unreal. and that you're right that was the sort of the whole next wave and then you know tommy and then the doors just yeah. wide open guys started you know starting programs all over canada Let's uh, let's get into the Hall of Fame career at the National Lacrosse League here, Gypsy. And and well, t- tell me this first because I don't like I don't know like I, Gypsy, wh- who gave it to you? And and tell me the meaning behind it. Well, yeah, I've always been a traveler, traveled all over. Um, been fortunate to travel a lot all over the world. And in '78, after we won the World Championship, um, the team had some of the players had their wives, Bobby Allen, the coaches had their wives and they were all going somewhere together. And then some of the players and their families were going somewhere. Well, I, I took my Stenson, my cowboy hat that we wore and I had my backpack and I was going to start traveling all over Europe by myself. Wow. And they go, I'm waving goodbye in the bus and they're going, <laughs> and I had long hair and an earring, you know what I mean? Back yeah, yeah. then. Well, it was a 70. Okay. And that's so they gave me the nickname as the Gypsy. So that was it. Awesome. And it's stuck with me ever since. Wow. Uh, Let's jump in. Let's yeah, jump go in. ahead. I like it better than some of the other nicknames <laughs> I've had, by the way. Right? <laughs> I, I know how that feels. I know how that feels. <laughs> Just jump in the NLL then. We'll start it. Uh, yeah. We'll start in, start in 92. You get a chance to, to build that Buffalo Bandits team where – you know, looking back at it from my perspective, it, it was like young guys coming in who were just, you know, your, your your JTs of the world who were ready to take on the world. And then there was your Kevin Alexanders and Derek Keenans and guys who were a little bit older who, who hadn't had a chance at the, at the pro league yet. So what was it like? What was the philosophy putting that squad together in 92? 
Well, I was really lucky just to get that opportunity. Um, you know, Mike and I stayed good friends over the years and I would go see Philly play. And I, I got to know Russ and Chris really well, who owned the league then. And when they uh, were putting the team in Buffalo, they asked me if I would like to apply for the position. And I did. And so, you know, I owe it to Mike, uh, you know, for that opportunity, by the way. And we had a very unique situation because, you know, I was fortunate because of being with the, you know, the national program over the years, I got to know guys like Kevin Alexander, you know, I got to know guys that were very helpful. And I also got to know, you know, from being in the States, sort of the, the U S situation, because we had to have some U S players as well. Um, but Kevin tells the story that, you know, I was talking with Keenan and I said to Keenan, Kevin's in, and Kevin said that he wasn't in yet. And then I told Kevin that Keenan was in. And <laughs> so the rumor is I was telling everybody between Stewie, Keenan, and, you know, the older guy, they were the older yeah. guys, right? That, you know, I was sort of like uh, telling them they're all in, but they hadn't said they were in yet. But, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a fantastic team. I mean, it was, it was an unbelievable experience. And then Les Bartley, God bless him for him to, you know, uh, take the, head coaching position after three games, you know, we were, we lost our first three um, and we made that change. And uh, then we were just, we we're on that roll. You know, we had the longest winning streak in NL history. I think it was, we never counted by the way, when it was going because we just didn't. I mean, it Somebody was just figured happened. it out though. 22 games yeah. straight for the bandits. Yeah. Yeah. And we won the back-to-back -back championships and then when we Boston beat us in the uh, War Memorial, they beat us. And I remember at the end of the game, it was a bench clearing brawl. That was that, that was the first game we lost, and that guy just couldn't take it. And by the way, Marty O'Neill was part of that. Oh yeah, shocker, shocker. Yeah, there. Marty O'Neill played goal for Boston. He was somewhat instrumental, yeah, I would say. Yeah, no, I I, <laughs> I also know that firsthand, uh, as Marty will will tell you as we speak with Johnny Meridian here and. Um, you mentioned Les Bartley, and and you mentioned Russ and Chris, and we're we're gonna try and have both those guys on. Uh, but, oh, good. But Les no longer with us, and and haven't heard anybody say anything negative about Les Bartley. Just a, a marvelous coach and and human being as well, and and a guy that you were really in lockstep with uh, throughout your careers, and, and unfortunately will not be able to have less on so maybe while we got you here gypsy tell me about les bartley and, and maybe a story or two that uh, you'll keep with you well you know les and i grew up in the same uh area of st Catharines. we went to the same uh elementary school and we hung out very young um and we also played junior lacrosse together and he played senior major when we had the team in st Catharines. and you know les was one of those guys that just you know like you said he, he just ever he's a lovable caring guy but he's a hard-nosed guy at the same time you yeah. know but he he worked his way up in general motors uh, lived in the general motors vicinity worked his way up right out of high school and uh you know became very big in the union and so you know he was able to bring to the nll in one of the times when the negotiations got tough you know les was there at the table and brought his expertise on on union side so he, he was a very good communicator and what Les didn't really uh know he would make a point of of finding out and you know the players really liked him 
I think early on with some of the guys that, you know, like Kevin and Stewie and Derek, you know, Les sort of just came out of nowhere, you know, like he wasn't one of those players that we said, Oh, there's Les Bartley. Remember playing against him, Yeah. you know? So, but he had the people skills and um, he got the knowledge from everybody. And Les and I, we said, listen, if we're the smartest guys in the room, we're in trouble. <laughs> right. So, you know, we've always tried to surround ourselves with, with people that were making us better. Yeah. And we did that, you know, we did that in Buffalo and then we did that in Toronto and he was a big, a big part of it for sure. He was a great family man, you know, he was a really good family man, you know, him and his, him and his wife, they both worked at General Motors. They worked, you know, this show, this shows you the kind of guy he was, you know, they would both work opposite shifts. So they had, you know, a young boy, Matt and a young daughter, Laura. So Les would work days and, you know, Gloria would be home with the two kids, the infants, and then, you know, they would switch, hmm. Les would come in, Gloria would go to afternoon shift, and they did that. You know, that and, and it, then when they got older and they got involved in lacrosse, he was the same way. The, his family was a big part of it. Talk to us about, uh, or take us through the early days of, of the Toronto Rock and that, um, again, a chance to start building what was other, what the other great, one of the greatest dynasties in the history of the National Lacrosse League. But I know well, how was that process like? You had the experience now with building the Buffalo Bandits and then the Toronto job sort of yeah well i just you know i want to just back up just a second here because part of what we looked at with our players because i really have to give lesson i really have to give our players credit you know we had a bunch of leaders on that team you know we had jimmy beltman as our captain in buffalo you know we had Derek. we had you know guys like uh you know jt who was just coming out by the way we traded you know, JT was drafted by Detroit. Yeah, Brian Nicola, we've talked about this deal. Yeah, uh, and I, yeah. yeah. that so was that the, was, you. You made that deal, uh, yeah. John Tavares for Brian Nicola. That maybe the the biggest. And no disrespect to Nick, great player, great guy, yeah. but yeah. Uh, he's no yeah. John Tavares. That's no. for sure. And he wanted to play, you know, with Paul and Gary, and right, rightfully so. And and Jimmy Veltman, who knew. Uh, JT, because mm. he was out west at the time. JT was out west. Right, Burrards, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy Veltman said, you know, if we can get him, get him. And, you know, so we had great leadership. That, and if you, that's, if you look sorry, at that, Johnny, I, I just want to ask you this before you get back on track, because I find this very interesting with all the superstars and leadership that you had on that team, and not taking anything away from Scoop, but Jimmy Veltman named your captain out of all those Keenan and Alexander. and Tim, It was Jim Veltman that that took the seat. Jim Veltman captained, uh, and he did correct me uh, at one point in time. He captained all the teams that we won those championships with, hmm. except for the one year he was an assistant captain when he came back from, uh, he was in Africa, Africa on yeah. mission. when he came back and he was an assistant captain, but he was always, a captain, except for the one year he was assistant captain. Uh, Jimmy's a quiet leader. I mean, he's a great guy. His, his effort, his drive, and his determination, uh, and he's, he's well-respected. And, you know, we rode on Jimmy's coattails. We did. You know, he, he was a great leader. Yeah. And we know when we left the room, you know, our leadership would take over. But, you know, there's always that first level of leadership, you know, your captains, your assistant captains. But there's also that whole secondary level of leadership. And, you know, we put together, you know, Les and I, we always had a, 
a leadership team. So it wasn't just the three captains. Sometimes we'd have six captains, but they were part of the leadership team at that point in time. And that really helps you, you know, get to uh, communicate with it, with everybody. Um, But uh, the leadership was, was, was unbelievable there. And if you look at, if you look at guys in the NLL that have had, you know, good playing careers, they played for us in Toronto or Buffalo and they're all in leadership roles somewhere, yeah. right? <laughs> it's so it shows yeah. you that, you know, we were, you know, we knew they were good, you know, leaders. It's like but the Bill Belichick it, coaching tree in the NL, in the NFL. It just, yeah, they just, spider yeah, they're, yeah. they're everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. Awesome. And they're doing a event and they're doing a marvelous job and they're using some of the stuff that we used to use. And they're, you know, they always yeah. like, like I, I congratulated uh, Glenn Clark for the CLA coach of texting me. He goes, you know, the biggest thing when you get a little older is when guys thank you for an opportunity. Right. Right. And he goes, thanks a lot for the opportunity. You know, so that's the kind of stuff like Dan Latticer, yeah. Jimmy Veltman. They're all Bob Hamley just. They, got yeah, to, they're all out there. They're all yeah, out there. Chris Gill, head coach in Vancouver. Chris Gill. Day. Yeah. Chris Gill. Pat Coyle. You know, Danny Struett. I mean, you look at all these guys. Caleb Toth. Yeah, the list goes on. The list goes on. Um, Speaking of the list going on here, last one for you, Johnny Meridian. Uh, We ask all our Hall of Famers this question. Uh, Excluding John Grant Jr., Colin Doyle, and Sean Williams, who we believe will all be uh, automatic entries into the next class of NLL Hall of Famers, if you could pick one guy that is not in the Hall of Fame right now, Builder, player, goalie, you name it. Uh, who would be your guy to put in to the National Lacrosse League Hall of Fame? Oh, geez, that's that's a that that's a tough one because um, you know there's so there's there's so many. Yeah. You know there there's so many. I would think that um, make the you know obviously he hasn't finished playing yet, but you know my guy would be you know Matt Vince, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, meet Matt Vince. St. Catherine's boy, uh, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. right, yeah, Johnny? Yeah. <laughs> but he, you know, he should he's be. He's going in. He's going in. Yeah. No question he's, about But a guy that's not playing, like he's he's out of the league, but you think deserves to be anybody from those old Philly Wings teams or maybe a bandit that uh, got passed over back in the day? Well, um, I'd have to give that. I You know, that's a tough question for me right now. Okay. Number one, number one, number one. Uh, you know, I don't know the new criteria, right? I, I haven't had an opportunity to even see that criteria. And if I pick one guy, you're gonna I'm going to have like 25 guys, you know, that I could, I, I, I could, I could pick. I don't so, want to, I don't want to, I don't want to come at you here, Johnny, but you got to yeah. give me one. You got to give me one. You got to yeah. give, you got to give me one. Kevin Finner and Mark Millen, uh, Reggie Thor. So should we name some of the names? You know, you know, you know, know, I think, okay, I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you a, a, a Philly guy. Okay. Right. I, I think, I think a guy like Drew Westerfeld, you know, Drew, you know, was always, you know, part of a successful franchise. Right. Interesting. Um, I think a lot of the guys that. Stop playing way too early. Drew Westerfeld. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, he was injured. You know, right. he had he had some health injuries. Yeah. But you know, he would he would be a guy that, you know, comes to mind okay. like from the NLL, not necessarily yeah, yeah. from you know the from the bandits or 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 the rock days. But you know, you've got to you, you know, 
the, the, the interesting part is some of the impact guys had a very short stint. Yeah. Like, like and I think longevity has got to play. Yeah, there play. Is, there's an, there's an emphasis now. I don't know if it's, it's, if it's written down in criteria, but talking to Mike French a couple months ago, yeah. longevity championships, yeah, they want a couple. They want some rings. They want you know 10, 12, 15 years in the league. Is yeah, a big part, part of that too. Yeah, so that's that's the kind of stuff that is tough for me right now because you know I I think you could probably you know I would say one of the guys that helped us win championships in Toronto was Terry Bullen. Sure. But Terry Bullen, you know, he played for Detroit, but I don't know how many years he played for Detroit. Did he play three? Did he play two? So he had you know he was an impact on winning championships, right? Yeah. For us. Mean piece right. of business, Terry Bowen, too. Mean. What's that? He said mean piece of business, that Terry Bowen back in the day. Oh, yeah, he was mean. He was mean. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Johnny, uh, this has been a fantastic chat. Uh, we've yeah. taken up a lot of your time here. We appreciate it. I hope uh, you and Michelle have a great holiday down there in Florida. I hope uh, you get back out on the course. I know you got rained out today. So enjoy uh, enjoy your life down there in Florida. Congrats on being an LL Hall of Famer, and, yeah. and thanks so much for doing this. And Hopefully uh, our paths cross sooner than later, man. It'd be good to see you back around in NLL rink here in the future. Well, I've got I've got one more in me, I think. Okay. I think I've got one more in hey, me. Hey, nine rings uh, as a GM and executive. So if, if you want to fill up that last finger, hire <laughs> Johnny Meridian. He's looking for that 10th ring. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate you. it. All right. There Thank he is. Uh, Johnny Gypsy Meridian, Brad Challoner, and – Man, when, when I started going through Gypsy's bio, I was like, holy cow, like, where do we start? Where do we finish with this guy? Five titles as a GM, a 22-game. Imagine an NLL team these days, Brad, winning 22 straight games. Forget it, man. It's it's unheard of. And we didn't even get to half the stuff that I want to talk about. Like He was the head coach of Costa Rica at yeah. the World Indoor Championships in yeah. the Langley Event Center back in September 2019. Forgot all about like, that. Yeah. How, how does that come about? Um, yeah, but just just what unreal a career. To, have, to have those dynasties, and and also is again is he's he's there side by side with Les Bartley, and all roads kind of lead back to those two guys. When you talk about guys, and Mike French is in that conversation too. Like these were the pioneers who were around when field lacrosse became a major thing in Canada in the seventies. Right. NLL took off when the dynasties took off in Toronto. Like to be a part of the first Canadian field lacrosse team to win a world championship. Huge to help build the bandits, to help launch the Toronto rock, which is still looking back. Like those were the peak years that I fell in love with the NLL. Yeah. That yeah. was almost peak NLL, like ACC television deals. You know, he was, yeah, there was the height of it. Of really? It was, it was the height of it. And I hope we can get back. And well, I don't know if it was the height of it because we're in some pretty good places we now, but good. you know, to put 16,000 standing room only in a nationally televised championship game from downtown Toronto is, was, was pretty slick. So yeah, to be part of multiple dynasties and all roads kind of leading back and then still giving back and wanting to give back, it's it's unreal. It's really unprecedented. Uh, absolute legend, man. Like, absolute legend. And I know that was like that was a lengthy convo, but the, the fact that we won't have a chance to get Les Bartley on, I'm glad Johnny had a chance to speak to him because, like you said, both those guys grew up. They went to elementary school, for, for heaven's sakes, together, and, and – Man, like you you just look, their careers paralleled with, with Buffalo and, and Toronto and all those championships. So I'm And you going. see a lot of that throughout the league. There's there's guys who have their 
their core Side, group, yeah, they're, right? they're yeah, they're Side right. Kicks, they're, when when someone gets a job, sidekick, but wingman or right hand man or whatever you yeah, want to call. Someone it. Someone gets a GM job, you know that head coach is getting hired or vice versa. There's going to be assistant. Coach they trust them, like, right? There's pairs that work. Yeah. There's personalities that work together in every sport, and it's 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 special when you find those relationships, those partnerships. Stick with them, man, because you never know what uh, what can come out of it. Worked out pretty well for Gypsy. Nine titles uh, in the NLL as an executive and GM. Just uh, fabulous, fabulous stuff. There, great chat with Gypsy, and uh, we'll we'll have more in the in the coming weeks. Here, we still got a fairly good list of of NLL Hall of Famers to get to here, including the two original owners of the National Lacrosse League, uh, in, in Russ Klein and Chris Fritz. Uh, Apparently, I'm gonna try. And, I'm gonna run, try and run these guys down. I got a, a contact from Franchi last week, and uh, of course, we got uh, the twins out of Victoria. We still got TK Whipper Watson on the list. So lots of lots of good guys. Uh, Tony Resch, Salacasio, John Tucker, Tony Resch, Salacasio, and then that'll that'll do it. We're yeah. almost at the we've almost hey, talked no, to I mean, every we, Hall of Famer this September. Well, it's it's. Awesome, man. Like, this has been one of my favorite things to do as far yeah, as this podcast been, it's, goes. It's been an education for me to get to pick these guys' brains over the last four months. Calls to the Hall brought to you by Stampede Tech and Western Wear. Don't forget, they're Canada's largest dealer of Wrangler jeans and apparel. Uh, women's, kids, men's, sizes, colors, you name it, uh, they got it if it comes in Wrangler. It's at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. You can go there. It's at the corner of Highway 10 and 180th. They've been there since 1967. Or you can shop online because it's still shopping local. At stampede.ca. Calls to the hall. That was a good one. Johnny Meridian right there. Gypsy. Let's get to quarter number three. And quick sticks are coming up next. Keep it right here. EP 111. Back after this. Associated Labels and Packaging. A fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience and extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment. Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is Hall of Fame netminder Dallas Elliott. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Back on Lax Class, third quarter action is now underway. Thanks for joining us, Brad Schellner, Jake Elliott, uh, and a big thank you to Associated Labels and Packaging, just like I did with you, Brad, just like I did with uh, GM Dan Richardson, Stampede Tech, swung by the, the offices of Associated Labels and Packaging, and uh, did not get a chance to see my, my good pal Sean Ashworth down there in Coquitlam, but uh, dropped off a little something for him as well. And uh, 2020 coming to a close here at Associated LP, but they have told us uh, they're back on board for next season as well. So thank you to them and, and thank you to them for their continued support here. And please, uh, if you're looking for the best in the business when it comes to label or package, they lead 
the industry when it comes to that and always the environment in mind. Uh, people, ethics, quality, and family-owned are staples of Associated Labels and Packaging at AssociatedLP.com. Uh, quick Sticks, of course, Brad, brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, we got a little present. I don't know if it's going to reach us uh, by Christmas time or not, but uh, the new cologne. From Manscaped is coming out and coming our way, redefined. I'm looking forward to to squirting this on my body parts, I, I guess I Excuse could say. Me? Yeah, you heard me. Uh, redefined Manscaped cologne coming out. Uh, we're going to test this stuff out, the bottle coming your way as well. And, and uh, still time to make an order and save yourself some money with Manscaped. Uh, LaxClass20 is your promo code. You get free shipping as well. Take advantage and uh, and then again, when the cologne hits the market, uh, make sure you pick that stuff up. I look forward well. to smelling good for the holidays, man. Like you know, I've been I've been living in shorts and t-shirts since March, and just for for shits and giggles, the other day, I um, you know my suits are collecting dust, and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna see what what I, what I can sort of wear around Christmas time, because you know, even if we're not having anybody over, I'm still dressing up because it just feels good to put on something once in a while. There you go. And so I, I tried the old suits on. Yeah, so it'll be nice to throw on the Manscaped cologne. What? You're and, telling me you're just around the house just, like, trying your suits on just for fun? I tried a suit on because <laughs> I got a new shirt for Christmas. So I was like, okay, what suit jacket's going to look good with this shirt? Um, so I did try the suit. Man, I didn't put the pants is... on. I didn't, go, I didn't <laughs> go full pants, but I put the coats on. Just, like, what looks good with this shirt? And do these still fit? You know, your body goes up and down over the course of a year and all across. The That's, like, true. That's what true. Suits or what well, suits that just tells me you've been in quarantine. Like, wait. <laughs> I know. Like, what else is there to do? Like, like, I can see if I'm Crystal's like, like, try on your suit or like, you know, like it made you do it. But uh, if you're just doing no, that sort of thing just, voluntarily. I, had else. Else. I haven't left my house in two weeks. So I've, there's nothing else to do around here but try on your old suits. Okay. I might uh, just do that just to see what that experience is like. I'm lying to you. Have, when's the last time you wore a suit? Wow. But your last prob- time in Sask? No. Uh, remember we were suiting up for uh, now I can't remember the name of of what the heck we were doing there. Oh, I'll talk no action. There you go. We, no, yeah. yeah. So I didn't put on bottoms though. No, well, who did? I didn't put on pants. Crazy. I mean, uh, Jenner was, didn't. Jenner didn't even do it for the time. draft. So uh, never mind. <laughs> um, quick stick spread. Not a ton here this week, which is great because we had a long chat there with with Gypsy. But uh, Angus Dinley uh, signed with the New York Riptide as a Fill their goalie coach, and by all accounts, uh, they think Gus is going to do a great job here with, with the Riptide along with uh, Danny Latissour and company. I think some might have been hoping that that was the actual goaltender signing, not just a coach <laughs> signing for the New York <laughs> Riptide. Um, uh, that, has been, right there. that has been a question Z. mark for New York. Uh, go it Abrams, is. It is. Alex That's a Bouquet. fair – yeah. I mean, tongue if in cheek. going to be but... – if Jeff T comes to town and, and Callum Crawford and this is a team Gotta that's going in the future, they have to find themselves a goaltender. But guys like to work with Gussie and, and hopefully he can uh, – Maybe maybe get some more of the two guys he has, or help groom someone who's coming in. So I like I like the hire. Uh, yes, I do as well. Why don't we stick on goalies here for a second, Brad? Uh, Braden Holtby taking a little, and I know this isn't lacrosse related, but we'll get to that in a second here. Uh, Braden Holtby, Vancouver Canucks new goaltender. Thought he was doing a good thing, turned out to be not so good of a thing. But his goaltender mask. Uh, getting some attention here over the last week. Do you want to tell the folks why? And, and, and then I'll, I'll go next. Yeah. So a new, new Canucks goaltender, Braden Holtby wanted to get get a fresh mask for the next Canucks season, which may or may not start in January. 
and endear, endear himself to the Pacific Northwest and tap into to the culture here. And so he did a bit of research and landed on the Thunderbird, which is a, which is a huge symbol. UBC in, in, Thunderbirds. In Native yep. Canadian culture, Native American culture. The myth of the Thunderbird is that it was this big, enormous bird that was big enough to, to pick up whales back in the day and, and went extinct. But it was a mythical, magical bird. Uh, the Thunderbird is at the uh, usually at the top of a lot of totem poles, especially the famous one in Stanley Park in downtown Vancouver. Um, and so wanted some symbolism to tie into the Pacific Northwest culture on his mask, but got his Swedish artist, who he's been painting his mask for his whole career, to draw this. And that's where the controversy starts. I think people don't have an issue of him having the Thunderbird on his mask, but it's kind of a, pro a cultural appropriation if you're not using uh, a native artist right. to actually do that artwork. And he and he didn't know that, so I don't think there's any ill will towards Braden Holtby, but I think it kicks open an interesting conversation, especially... Uh, in a, when we are talking about a sport all day long, every day, and you and I, a big part of our lives, the sport of lacrosse, um, you know, sort of where those lines get drawn. And I kind of went through all the teams in the league to find out if anybody is using any sort of native imagery in, in their logos. And I think mm. the only two really are Halifax and, and New England, and rightly so. Halifax is owned by Kurt Styers, and the Black Wolves are owned by Mohegan the, Mohegan Sun. Sun, the Mohegan Sun group. So I think yeah. there's no there's no issue there, but I do think that if you're going to use some native imagery, go to the source and, and get approval or hire uh, a native artist to do that work for you and help develop this. So everything is, is, is going back and, and paying respect to the people that you're trying to, right. to paint this picture for and, and trying to, you know, um, shine a light on, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, he thought he was doing a good thing and, and had good intentions and just kind of made a mistake. And, and somebody else that made a mistake uh, is, is somebody I'm not going to name, but on Twitter and and with the Canucks logo being brought into question of appropriation, they made a comment about uh, the Coquitlam Adnax logo being offensive and inappropriate. And they could not be more wrong uh, or ignorant on the subject. And, and it's a simple case of making an assumption without actually doing some investigation or education or asking some questions. So unlike Braden Holpe, the Coquitlam Adnax uh, executive got an Indigenous artist in Lee Baker from the Squamish Nation, along with the local tribe here in Coquitlam, Coquitlam, I believe it's it's pronounced. It could be off on that. But the local tribe here in Coquitlam, so there was discussions. There was uh, a blessing to the logo. There was an Indigenous artist that, who designed the logo, and, and they got feedback and had discussions. So Coquitlam going about it the right way and, and honoring them and, and having the right people involved. And if this person would have kind of looked this sort of thing up and asked a, a couple of questions from people who might know about it, uh, he wouldn't have made himself look like an ass on, on Twitter. So I had something to say to him, and maybe I was a little bit harsh with it, but uh, it pissed me off. So a point being, there's a right way and a wrong way. Coquillum has done the right thing, and, and I just want people to know that, uh, that Indigenous artists, they got permission, they got a blessing, and there was lots of discussion about the logo before it was even designed. So um, just so everybody knows on that as we continue on with quick sticks here uh by the way did you hear gypsy almost give me the good question there brad a couple of times when i asked him about who he thought should tough be a question is no not a i know question. but 
We have a ruling uh, that we discussed last week about you giving me a good question and me taking advantage of that situation. NLL crew chief one Todd LeBranch weighing in via text saying, that's on you for screwing that up when it's it's game on here. You can't just be lobbing good questions around and not expect it to count against you. And And by the way, the decision is final. This is not available for review and and when when todd speaks brad that that's it like you can't dispute that now referees have been out to get me since i was 13 years old and nothing <laughs> has changed in my life it's ridiculous yeah. no, you heard me say it last week i i didn't agree with the call i argued the call i got up in the grill challenge of the fishing in and yeah. let them know that how i how i felt about said call but at the end of the day i said challenge accepted i will accept it and we will continue that going forward. Right, you will so never four, hear me three. say good question to you, and hopefully I can trick you into saying a couple <laughs> yeah. from me. But, yeah, you got a tough question from Johnny. Yeah, it didn't it was count. not a good close, question. It was not a very great close. question. Yeah. So that one doesn't count. Referees can, don't have to rule in on that one. I think that one's uh, pretty black and white. Yeah, but, very close. Uh, Love me some Todd LeBrand. Yeah, I had to laugh. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, I'm glad he's listening. I had to laugh when he sent that. That's one referee I have gotten along with. There you go. Okay. Fair enough. A few more things here on Quick Sticks before we get to something else. A bunch of NLL stuff. Uh, they got a new website up, which is is great to see. Still a bit of a work in progress on a couple of landing pages, but uh, updating the website at the NLL, always a good thing, and I think this is going to be a really good thing here in the coming weeks, so keep an eye on that. Uh, I know uh, the Brownie giveaway, the Christmas giveaway, was a huge success, uh, so congrats to all the winners, especially Shane Jackson, who said he's going to re-donate his prize to the kids. Not sure which kids, but uh, it's going to the kids, so good on you, Jacko, the MVP, of course. NLL Chef Cup here, Brad. Uh, They're starting to roll these videos out through the NLL socials. Uh, Everybody getting involved in this. Did you have a, a favorite team or a dish that you've seen so far that uh, you think has, has pushed their way to the top or deserves the NLL Chef Cup? Hands down, and I, I said this from the onset of just seeing the teaser videos, but hands down so far, Steve Priolo yeah. and Nick Weiss <laughs> out in the woods somewhere <laughs> with some elk meat, some fire-roasted cornbread, oh jalapeno God. stuffed uh, jalapeno poppers, forget ribs. Like those, those boys Game went over. all out. <laughs> I think Lo- and my mouth is watering watching that. <laughs> Logan wins the apron contest uh, for sure. Which I never, I haven't seen Logan's video yet. Okay, is that he's, out there he's, now he's, too? Yeah, he's, he's Dan, more, Dan he's, McCray's meal looked pretty yeah. good. I bet Dan McCray cooked me dinner. There's some French toast, uh, Capito. Uh, uh, Chad Culp did a nice uh, like smoker brisket full day yeah, event got a, with the got kids. got his kids involved, so that'll get him some votes uh, there. Rylan Reese was in on that. A bunch of guys were doing this. Uh, <laughs> Logan's got the apron with like the the, the top bodybuilder with like the 12 pack on his on his stomach <laughs> by the way i did not know this but now it makes a lot more sense i saw logan post up great to have a facetime chat with one of his old ohio state buddies or something and i look up in the corner and logan's like topless in his facetime video and i was like what do you do like just getting out of the shower here he goes no no i, I do all my facetimes topless <laughs> <laughs> I said that is a beautiful motto to live by. So if we have Logan on the program now that we're doing Zoom chats here for for recording, Brad, uh, prepare yourself for that. Prepare. Yourself. I don't. I don't know if that 
counts as a as a FaceTime or not, but um, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, speaking of seeing, I don't know I how to transition. Oh, yeah, I don't know how to transition out. No one else, no one else guaranteed. <laughs> I don't know how to transition. Speaking... I do my FaceTimes without pants, as we discussed oh, earlier. Okay, so uh, maybe he's just he's he knows no one's wearing pants, <laughs> so he's just wearing pants and then taking them off on the top. I don't know. Did you see this, Brad? I'm just going to move on and not comment on that. Did you see this? Uh, our, our good buddy from Brampton, Ron Evans, uh, who's been you know front and center, former Brampton executive, uh, putting out some emails. Some well, I don't know if they're confidential or not, but uh, our old friend Doug Arthur, if you remember him from uh-huh. Minto 2018, sending Ron an email saying that there was in fact no vote from the executive when it came to the sale of the Excelsior. So how this thing got pushed through with no vote, and this is coming from a board member to another board member at the time, a little sketchy, a little sketchy. So so is it is it somewhere that a sale had would have to get passed? I would board? think so. So I, there may be grounds to overturn this. Mm, not dead event. yet is is the, the headline I'm going with. Well, good. I'm glad people are fighting and not just going, oh, well, we'll just let it be. See you later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Welcome to Own Sound. I'm glad that, that there's people's voices. Found that pretty interesting. Going to protect this heritage. Yeah. I, I mean, hey, say what you want about one person revealing emails online from another person. But when something like this is going on, like I think, some people need to be called out and, and some, some questions need to be answered on this. Well, and, take it to the courtroom and maybe yeah. get it off social media for a while and, and put it somewhere where actually things can things can change and get and get overturned. Yeah, there's public outcry right now, but take this to the courts then and get it overturned. I think we'll save the, the franchise thing for another another episode, but I think we can use that in another episode. Uh, check out the warm-up with, with DK and Turtle Island. Uh, Brendan Bomberry was a good interview there about uh, what's happening with Turtle Island, these guys are doing it right, and and man, I got all day for for Turtle Island lacrosse, and and uh, the NLL did a nice little feature on them, so check that out on their socials. And man, I guess the biggest news of all, Brad, that we have not talked about here is the recent news, and it's not box lacrosse related, but it kind of is. Uh, the PLL, the Premier Lacrosse League, and the Major Lacrosse League, the two professional outdoor leagues south of the border have become one professional outdoor league as they call it a merger brand i don't think it's really a merger uh so so much but the pll has essentially absorbed the major lacrosse league and kept one team cannons lc so the unfortunate part of all this is a lot of people are, are out jobs, including players, coaches, managers, uh, stadium workers, what have you. But good news is it's now all one league, which needed to happen. Lyle Thompson, Mark Matthews, Challen Rogers, Randy Stats, Shane Jackson. These guys are going to be on PLL rosters now. So all the best players are going to be in one league, and it's just less fracture fracturing this is a good thing i know it sucks for a lot of people but this is a good thing for the sport and and i think it's a good thing for the nll as well 100 and hopefully the job is are just temporary they're saying just an eighth team for for this coming summer or spring whenever they plan on launching the pnl but you know they still own the rights to all the names and imagery for the outlaws and the lizards and all the other teams in the league 
Um, so those those brands could get rolled out again eventually. And they still haven't said they haven't ruled out um, putting teams in cities again one yeah. day. That is, well, I think, I the think that's goal. what so they you need never know to that do. Stuff. Those, those, those squads, you could see the Denver Outlaws in Denver again, you know, in a, in a few years, yeah. depending on how things play out. So that's good news. Hopefully it's just temporary that that guys are out of jobs before they really expand and get up to, you know, 10, 12 teams that I think they can feel easily. Um, Nick Sakevich, commissioner of the national lacrosse league released a statement basically, you know, to summarize him, it's good news for the national lacrosse league. They are uh, a chance to work now closer with the PLL. And if we're looking at potentially a October, November start date for the NLL, this as works well. earlier jumbo, yeah. this works perfect. You run like November to May or, November to June, and you guys don't have can to, play full time. Guys can play full time. Both leagues become full time professional lacrosse players, and that's good for both leagues for the level of play, the commitment, the dedication, and the way that these guys are able to spread the game around. That is the future, and I think we're seeing yeah. some of these answers hopefully falling into place right now. Yeah, but no doubt about monumental it. day. Yeah, yeah, I mean the Rabels wanted to buy up the league three years ago. It's taken that long to to make it happen, and and I think you're right. What you said earlier is that these these teams need to get into cities, and so fans can attach themselves to to their teams. And and it may not happen this year, obviously with with the pandemic, and and they may go up back into a bubble or or just kind of keep things uh, on a travel basis. I'm not sure what the what the exact plan is, but um, I think eventually the PLL needs to get themselves into to designated cities for all their teams, and I think they want to do that. But the fact now that they can control the record books and all the history and the highlights and all that sort of stuff to go along what they've already established with the PLL, it's just going to be even bigger and better. And and like you said, if they can find a way to marry the schedules up here between the NLL and the PLL now, which I really think they're going to do, maybe again, not this year, but moving forward, it's going to be a really good thing for everybody involved. So congrats to them. And, and man, like uh, congrats to players like yeah. Curtis Dixon and Mark Matthews and Lyle Thompson that, that are going to be able to hopefully make a living, uh, make, make a full-time living, just playing lacrosse. That's, that's what we've been waiting the dream. whole lives to hear. That's the ultimate dream and open the door for the next generation to come up. That's, that's huge. That is huge. Uh, and that is Quick Sticks for EP111. One more segment to go here. And it's something else with Jim Els just before the holidays. Stick with us. One more quarter to go. We're back after this right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Mark Madden's of Team Canada, Saskatchewan Rush, and the Peterborough Lakers. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class. Into the fourth and final quarter we go. No more breaks here on Lacrosse Classified, which I know you like. We like as well as uh, Stallion Dunn. Interview. Johnny Meridian done. Quick sticks are done. And now it's time to try something else. Let's begin. All right now. Wasn't that fun? Let's try something else. Oh, let's try something else. 
Hey, Jake and Bradley, it's Jim Else here. Time for another week of something else on the Lacrosse Classified podcast. Uh, continuing on from last week and the week before, uh, giving thanks uh, at the holiday season here uh, and a Merry Christmas and a happy holidays to uh, to everyone out there uh, from uh, Mrs. Jim and myself and the kids. Um, just wanted to talk about one of the most important things that I can give thanks for in all of our lives, I think, are pets. Um, uh, when I'm down... Uh, uh, my mental state is lower. Uh, I can go for a walk with my dog and feel absolutely better 100%. Uh, Bandit came into our lives about seven or eight years ago. Uh, he is just an awesome, awesome dog, and he just lifts my spirits 100%. I see uh, through Twitter, every, you know, everyone that has a, a pet. Um, I see pets with Instagram stories and Instagram accounts uh, out there as well. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, it's just phenomenal for us to have that kind of a bond with uh, animals. So uh, all of the pets out there, I give thanks to you and especially my guy, my guy Bandit, uh, unreal uh, companion. Uh, and because it's Christmas, uh, let's just give out a couple of gifts here, um, uh, hopeful gifts um, to all my lacrosse playing friends and coaches. Uh, uh, my hopeful gift to you is to be able to play at some point here. Um, I'm hearing uh, rumblings about a WLA uh, season. I'm hearing rumblings about an NLL season. Uh, but let's everybody just put our masks on and let's get that gift delivered. Um, Jake Elliott, uh, I slipped you a couple things earlier. I want to give you and Bradley a, a thank Thank you and a, a, a cheers uh, for having me on the podcast on a regular basis. And uh, to the rest of you guys out there, uh, Merry Christmas and uh, I hope all your dreams come true. Good times. Ciao. There he is once again, Jim Else with something else. Uh, Jim talking about Bandit, his dog. I, I'm a little surprised he hasn't just changed his name to Roughneck since Calgary is kind of his team. Or but Sh- Sh- was Shamrock yeah, that dog name? Lucky. I don't know. Uh, giving out a few gifts there is, is Jim, Jimmer Claus, I, I think we could probably call him. And 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 keeping it positive here before the holidays, uh, I know he was out tree shopping this weekend, which seems to be a little, a little late bit. In the game. Yeah, that's what I, Super late. I, yeah, I was going to say, like, why even bother? six days before uh christmas but anyways not my not my problem my, my tree's been up for a while uh, thank you very much so been up for a month it it yeah it leads me down brad to think about kind of our christmas wish list or presents we might like to get uh why don't you go first what are you what are you looking for under the tree uh existentially hypothetically Goodwill to all men. Yeah, world peace. World peace. Just end it. Make it happen. <laughs> Easy wish, right? Santa Claus can bring that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. My, my other one might be a, a wish sort of as big as that at this point, but I want some game action. But I was kind of thinking about this off the first, after we talked about the first segment, like even if it's not live lacrosse action in the next three or four months, maybe the league finds a way to maybe repurpose some older games and builds a bracket of maybe – the greatest championship games of all time or something. And we build like a bracket of they release on, on, on BR live or on YouTube or wherever they want to put it. Maybe it is the championship game from, you know, from the formation of the NLL onto, onto last season. Yeah. And we sort of vote on the entertainment factor of each game. We try to find like the best. I just want some, you know, it'd be know really you, cool. you can find some of these games. There are archives, but like I was watching like a, I was watching the WLA game of the week from the year 2000 the other night between the Maple Ridge Barrage and Quilt Madden. Was that calling it? I'm like, 
You weren't calling it. It was no. It was this. It was Sportsnet used to oh, have the game was, of the week. I don't know who's doing play-by-play. Play, Dave, Dave Evans was doing color. Yeah, it was like Rob Williams and Chris Gill from Maple Ridge. Oh yeah. Um, Kyle Gowndry playing yeah. for Maple. Two thousand Dallas Dallas Alec. And I find it interesting because Dave Evans was talking about the goaltending, and um, Dallas Alec, one of the best goaltenders in the game. His only challenger right now, Matt Disher of the New Westminster Salmon Ballet. I'm like, okay, there was a time where Dish was considered one of the greatest yeah, goaltenders in the Disher. sport. I did not know that. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's a good man. Absolutely. He's a good man. So I, I found that as a, as a cool nugget. But I just want maybe package some old games and, and pump them out again. I know they did it um, earlier this year. They were releasing some of the highlight games of the year. But maybe let's dig into the vaults and maybe prepackage those games up put some sort of production around it and, and start unleashing those. You know I just what would be cool, man? I is, just want uh, sports, live sports again. Yeah, I, I really want to call a game of any sort. Uh, I posted up the the kitty predictor from, from 2016. I don't know if you checked that out. Uh, I Like I said, I, I would do this again in a heartbeat. But I think, you know, it would be really cool is if they had just like the video from – 1995 Boston Blazers Philly Wings and they just handed out me a roster and said all right like do you, do you play by play for this game and get like do new announcing for games that are like 25 years old when it was just nuts cool. like I, yeah, that'd, that'd be, be so cool. fun that'd be so fun for, you would be explaining why everything was not a penalty yeah I think why guys are wearing spandex and <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, for me, man, I pr- I'm probably right in the same bank with you. I just, I, I want to get through all this. Uh, I want people to be safe and healthy and, and, uh, just get back to normalcy. That's the only real thing that, that I'm looking for this Christmas is just be, get back to normal, man. Normal. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like well, I, it's, it's, I've, I said this the other day that I hate the fact that I've gotten used to watching sports on TV with no fans. Like, it doesn't jar me anymore. Like, oh, man, there's – it. now it's the other way. Like, when I see old sporting events and I see 20,000 people watching a basketball game, I go, oh, yeah, like, that was what that was like before. And that sucks that I have to think and feel like that. Yeah, even watching – just watching movies or TV where people are like in a bar at a coffee shop or at a house. Yeah, party. you're like, oh, like, they're way too close together. <laughs> yeah, look, they're shaking hands. They don't even know each other. What's happening right now? Nobody's wearing a mask. Yeah, so normalcy is is what I'm looking for here heading into 2021, and and obviously the National Lacrosse League making its triumphant return is is high on my wish list as well uh we will be back for episode 112 next tuesday right here on lacrosse flash podcast network let us know who you who you want to hear from next i I got a couple ideas on which direction i want to go but i want to go in the direction that you want to go and and thanks to everybody who's who's got back to us about our our calls to the hall brad Uh, we got a lot of feedback on this and people really seem to enjoy it so Thanks for listening to you, the the loyal listener here on Lax Class. Of course, our fabulous sponsors, Stampede Tack, Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, Manscaped. And uh, I believe this will be the last week for G. Wilson Construction. We thank them for their last year of support as well. Uh, Big thanks to Johnny Gypsy for, for coming on. The program and and to you, Brad Schellner, I think uh, our next one, it's going to be after Christmas. So happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you and yours. And thanks for doing this. Don't forget uh, to give us a follow. Subscribe onto that podcast as well. 
Throw a review down if you're so inclined. Brad Challoner is at Brad Chal. I'm at PXP for sports. Uh, LacrosseClassified at gmail.com if you're not on social media. At WaxClass if you are. And that is it for EP 111. We got to go. For Brad Challoner, I've been Jake Kelly for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, we'll talk to you next time here on Lacrosse Classified, Lacrosse Clash Podcast Network. Be safe and be healthy, everybody. <laughs>